in the past I don't generally title a message and you might uh, you might come up with a better title than this but the title that I might put on it is this there's a better day coming there's a better day coming the last year have been most difficult for many many people and it's affected folks in a lot of different ways Received a phone call from John Karpinski this week that said, I can't go to Columbia this weekend. My work has placed restrictions on me leaving the state and I can't go any further south than Delaware. I said, well, Maryland's positivity rate is lower than Delaware. Why can't you go into Maryland? I talked to... Um, Brother Rick Sackett yesterday, who's visited, he and Sister Paula have visited Mount Carmel before. They live in central Texas. He said, we've never experienced anything like what we experienced recent weeks with this horrible, horrible storm. It's affected us in our homes and it's affected our children it's affected our neighbors, a lot of folks around us. Never experienced anything of the like. Talked to Elder Bradley. He said it's been two months since he's seen his wife. Talked to Sister Stanlin. She lost her husband due to COVID and two brothers within just a few weeks of each other. Many people have had sorrow upon sorrow. There's a lot of folks that have lost their business that they spent years building and then all of a sudden their business is no more. There's a lot of folks that have been out of work. Many of you here still have work and what a blessing that is. But there's been a lot of folks that have been out of work and have a difficult time making ends meet. Lives have been clearly disrupted. Been a lot of elderly folks that haven't been able to see their grandchildren and have missed a lot of times that maybe they were blessed to enjoy in the past. There's a lot of folks that are in care facilities that haven't seen family in months and months and months. You see pictures of people looking through the windows, talking on their phones, trying to be creative in being able to see them. And I think probably the saddest experience is when folks are in the hospital or in some type of facility for a long period of time and even, even at the end of their life, they're not able to see their loved ones or be with them at those difficult times. 
times have been hard for many, many people over the past year. Very difficult times. It's been like a winter season for a long time. It's a beautiful day. I got really excited when I saw the sunshine today. It just does me a world of good to, to see the sun. And, and I'm very thankful. And the winter has a beauty all of its own. Uh, Sister Greenfield, I think your grandmother took advantage of the different seasons and she painted a picture of Mount Carmel Church in each one of the different seasons of the year. And we have one out here in the foyer. The winter has a unique... Um, blessing but for me it's sort of short-lived there's a lot of the winter that's dark and dreary people get discouraged they get sad I was told that a lot of elderly people die in the winter that if they can make it until springtime, I remember Sister Polly Edwards who loved being outside and lived to be way up in her 90s and looked forward to her garden every year in the spring. That if older folks can just get through the winter season, then they'll probably do okay the rest of the year. We had a nurse in our church in uh, Lubbock, Texas, in West Texas, that said that most people, if they're very, very ill, they die in the nighttime. And when she said this, this was pre-hospice. I know that may change some things, but before that, she said in the hospital, she said most folks, they die during the, the dark hours of the night. Between that three o'clock and six o'clock time period. I, I thought that was sort of strange when she would say that. But she said if folks can sort of hang on until the sunlight comes and they see the sunlight of day, then oftentimes they'll sort of perk up and revive a little bit. But through the dark season is when most people pass from this life, at least in a hospital setting that, where they're very, very ill. We've been through... A long, dark winter season. But there is a better day coming. There's a better day coming. In the Song of Solomon... Here's a snapshot of a better day. In the second chapter, it says, For lo, the winter is past. Now, that's a good thing when the winter's past. He says, Lo, the winter is past. And the rain is over and gone. I'm thankful for rain. I lived in an area that you just hardly ever had much rain. So I'm very thankful for the rain. But if it just goes on and on and on and on, it gets a little bit discouraging. 
talk to Brother Noah about that. He could sure give you his thoughts on it. In fact, when it was over, you remember he sent the dove out and and when it brought the, the twig back of the olive twig, he gave them encouragement that the storm was over. He says, for lo, the winter is past and the rain is over and gone. So the winter's past, the rain is over and gone. And he says, the flowers appear. That's one of the things that we look forward to in the springtime. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds is come. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs and vines with her tender grapes give a good smell. It's talking about a better day coming. The winter is past. The rain is gone. The springtime is here. For those of you that may have heard an old uh, an old gospel group a song you might have heard some of you may remember the chuck wagon game I can tell by the smiles on the faces of the ones that uh, remember that one of the old songs that they were known for was springtime in glory and he talks about that in glory it's always springtime well I want to encourage you this morning by God's word that there's a better day coming better than where we've been and even better than where we are right now Let's look at Isaiah because it talks about in Isaiah throughout the the book of Isaiah several times about a better day coming. And it is referring to many times about the individual lives of people. But it's also talking about the church. Isaiah chapter 35 The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice. He says, and blossom as the rose. He says, even in a wilderness place, in a solitary place, In a desert place, there's a better day that's coming. And it describes it here. He says, the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with the joy and singing and the glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it and the excellency of Carmel. And they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. I'm not a particular fan of the desert. I grew up in it. I personally prefer trees and hills. 
But there is a beauty in the desert, especially after you've experienced a gentle rain. Things just look a whole lot better. There's a few sparse flowers and they begin to bloom. The dust doesn't blow, it's settled. You can see the the big sky out in Texas and New Mexico. Brother David can tell you that the sky is a lot bigger out there. A lot of things bigger out there, but uh, the sky certainly is. But there's a beauty in it. He says right here, he says, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands. That's one of the things that God's people need right now. When you go through a long winter season, you get pretty weary. And it's a blessing when you can be around somebody that can encourage you. It is. Some folks have the special ability of pulling folks down. Some folks have the special ability of encouraging and lifting folks up. He says right here, he says, we're to, by God's word and by his promises, we're to strengthen the weak hands and we're to confirm the feeble knees and we're to say to them of a fearful heart. And I can tell you that there's a whole lot of fear that's going around. And there's some valid fears and there's some valid concerns. I have family members that when I talk to them, I can I can sense the fear that that they experience each and every day of their life. There are some things that I fear. He says right here, he says, say to them that are of a fearful heart. What is it that someone needs to hear that's experiencing a fearful heart? He says, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. I have to tell you, one of the reasons that I enjoy Elder Bradley's messages is because they're so encouraging. I don't know if you were able to listen to him. I know Brother Tom did this morning and it is such a blessing. Brother Bradley's experiencing a lot of difficult times right now in his life and especially with his wife being very, very ill. But God put on his heart to bring a message of encouragement in the midst of fearful times. Wonderful message. I hope you get a chance to listen to it. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong. Now, this is good news if you've ever experienced fear. It's good news for me. It's good news for you. He says, say to them that are of a fearful heart. He says, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, and he will save you. He said, then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an harp and the tongue of the dumb shall sing for in the wilderness shall break out and the streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty springs of water in the habitation. 
He says, and, and an high well shall, shall be there and a way and it shall be called the way of holiness. The, the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, the fool shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go upon thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Now, he begins to define and we see that God, who is a sovereign God, can pour out his blessings on some, can hold them from others if God delights to do that. And he says there is a people that's going to rejoice in the blessings of God. Times around us may look a little bit discouraging. The world may look like it's going in the wrong direction. But God, who has all power, who is in charge over all things, has the power to sustain and bless. And he especially chooses to bless his people and bless his church. And oftentimes in the midst of challenging times, we witness that the church in times past has prospered and flourished and grown. And it may be that God would bless that to happen again. Now look what he says. The redeemed. Who's the redeemed? Those that Jesus Christ represented. Those that Christ has died for. He says the redeemed of the Lord shall. The redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And come to Zion. With songs. And everlasting joy upon their heads. And they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Brother Zach Guest called this morning and he said that each week their church picks a church that they spend as a church body for the whole week bathing that church in prayer. He said, this is the week for Mount Carmel. He says, we're going to be praying for Mount Carmel. He said, what are some prayer requests? What are some things that we could pray for as a church body? Here's a verse right here that we ought to be able to claim. We ought to put it on the dash of the car. We ought to put it on the refrigerator. This is a really good verse right here. That a better day for God's people, for his church, is coming. The ransomed of the Lord. Who is that? That's the ones that the Lord Jesus Christ has purchased. He says the ransomed of the Lord shall return. It's interesting. If it says they'll return, it simply means that they've been there before. It does. He says the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And and where are they coming? It says they're coming to Zion. Zion is representative in the Old Testament as the church of Jesus Christ. And so what he's pointing toward right here, he says, I believe that he's pointing us to a time of revival for the Lord's people and it will occur occur in the Lord's church. I believe that it will. I have received a... uh, I received a Christmas card last week that was sent in December from New York City, from the Hepzibah House. And it was delayed by about 
two months in the mail. And it was just loaded with pictures of experiences that individuals had had at the Hepzibah house. And my mind traveled back to many of those services that we had had there in New York City. And all of a sudden I got real discouraged and sad to realize that the group that we met with is no more. Some of them have moved to Georgia. Some have moved to Florida. Some have moved to New Jersey. Some have passed away. And the core group that was there is not there any longer. And I began to get a little bit sad. And then I remembered it's the Lord that opens doors. And if the Lord chooses to start a work in New York or Boston or Philadelphia or Baltimore or Washington, D.C., that it's the Lord that opens the door. And it's the Lord that builds the house and it's the Lord that keeps the house. Well, here he says, I'm going to give you a snapshot of something to come. He says that the ransom of the Lord shall return. They're going to come to Zion with songs. And this is really good. He says, everlasting joy upon their heads. And he says, and they'll obtain joy and gladness. And he says, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Now that's a pretty good description. We all here have some really good benchmarks that we can look back upon in our life and remember some real in-gatherings even here at Mount Carmel. We can remember some of the blessings that God bestowed upon the church here in a mighty way. We can remember the blessing of going over to Old Brick that time Sister Anita that Elder Tillman was there. That was a really special meeting. I think it's Brother Mark that said, how many folks here were actually baptized with Elder Tillman? I remember all of you walking up there and getting a picture. That was a wonderful meeting. It was a wonderful time. It fits this verse right here. I remember traveling down to Columbia, Brother Harvey. This was back when your mom and dad were there. Now, I remember our first baptism at the Columbia Church was um, Brother Ors and Sister Felicia and Jim and Jeannie. It was in the fall of the year and the leaves had started turning yellow and gold. And it was a beautiful, beautiful setting. And I remember all the people that were gathered around that baptistry pool outside. Bunches of people that were gathered there and witnessed that wonderful season, that time of rejoicing. I can remember us going up to Hopewell, New Jersey and visiting that old landmark, that church that was built in 1715 and having services there and having people come from the community and attend those services and rejoice in the blessings of the Lord. I remember going over to the old Southampton building over there. I remember the time, and some of you may have been there when this happened, that we'd met week over in. I'm sure Brother Mark and his family and others were there. And it looked like that the Lord wasn't going to open a door in that area. And I remember it was in that old building that the windows were about twice as wide and much taller than this, and they were, it was hot in there. And several of us were kind of prying on one of the windows, trying to get it to come up. And there was just a handful of us there. I think Ken Rohr and Peggy was there. 
And I remember all of a sudden, I said, look, there's a van. It was a van that we didn't recognize. It was a van that was local. And it was full of people. And I said, look, there's a van coming up. And I don't remember who it was responded by saying, you're just kidding us. You're just pulling our leg. There's not a vehicle coming up. And, and that showed the discouragement that we had experienced. And so the little group that was there all went over to the window and we were standing there looking out. And not only was there one van, but another vehicle pulled up and another one came up. And there were five vehicles full of people that we'd never met before that God sent that way. And out of that group, God blessed the church years later, the Southampton Primitive Baptist Church to be constituted. And it's there today and still ministering to some of those folks. Some of the people that were there were uh, uh, Elsa's parents, uh, Van and Abby, in that original group. But I remember that time of rejoicing. Remember when we've had men that have come up here and been ordained at Mount Carmel. And the Spirit of the Lord was so prevalent and so strong in this place. I remember when the pulpit used to be over here. We didn't have the baptistry. And I remember after a communion service one day that uh, brother and sister Polk, wonderful couple, sitting toward the back. And I remember how after the communion service, sister Polk was so full of the spirit. And those of you that were here, I'm sure brother Cook was and others saw her come down the aisle. I'm telling you, in my mind, this is what it was like. It was like. Has anybody ever watched The Price is Right when they said, come on down? I mean, she came down that aisle so fast that it looked like her feet never touched the floor. And she came to the front, this dear old sister in her early 70s, and she knelt down on the chair that was in the front. And she fell down on the ground and she said, Lord, if these people will have me, I want a home in this church. Now, she'd been waiting for her husband, Brother Jack. Those of you that knew Brother Jack, he was a special blessing. But she'd been waiting for Brother Jack to come down. And finally, she decided that God had put that on her heart. And when she raised up her head from bowing and praying at that chair, Brother Jack was right there with her, ready to seek baptism as well. It was a happy time. I remember going to Deer Creek and up here off of 136 and it would be loaded with folks down at the bottom. Remember the first time we went, Brother Frank Rogers. Some of you remember Brother Frank Rogers. Brother Frank, because he had spent so many years smoking, pulled an oxygen tank behind him. He's about 75 years old. And after we watched the video afterwards, Brother Frank was standing there with a rope and all wound up in a circle, a big rope with a big noose on the end of it. Now, I remember we asked Brother Frank, we said, Brother Frank, after we watched the video, what is that rope for? He said, well, some of us knew that you were from Texas and you probably didn't know how to swim because there weren't any rivers and oceans or lakes in Texas. And so I thought if you got in trouble, I'd toss that rope out there and we'd try to 
we try to help you out. Brother Cook, I remember one of those times, one of the special blessings, when we were down at the bottom baptizing, that we looked up and on 136 on the bridge was uh, your mother standing there with a towel draped over her arm. She'd gone home and gotten a towel, brought one with her. So she, at the creek, could be baptized. Remember those special times. Remember going to New Jersey with the little group at Southampton. One of the brothers wanted to be baptized. He said, is it acceptable? He said, I grew up near the ocean. And he said, would that be acceptable to be baptized in the ocean? I said, well, all that's required is that there's a body of water big enough to be able to immerse someone. I think the ocean qualifies for that. I remember us loading up vehicles and heading over to the ocean and baptizing. Wonderful, wonderful memories. Remember Brother Phil when it's pouring down rain and how that the Lord intervened and stopped the rain in the middle of a rainstorm just long enough. For I remember stopping at the red light on... Uh, Route 1 and 152 and calling back to Brother Mark and I said, Brother Mark, have you left the church yet? Could you gather all the umbrellas that are there at the church and bring them with you? Because it was pouring down rain on 152 and uh, Route 1. And then as we went down Jerusalem Mill and we got down to the bottom of the hill there, just as we began to descend down to the bottom, the rain stopped. And in fact, the attendant that Sister Tracy had talked to and made arrangements with said, well, they hadn't been raining here all day, I don't think. He, he was surprised that we had experienced the rain. And then we had the baptism. And I believe it was Bray that was baptized as well. And before we could get in our cars to leave, the Lord opened up the windows of heaven and that rain happened again. That happened up at 136 up here at uh, Walter's Mill as well. Multiple times that that's happened. You, no one can tell me that God was not pleased with what was taking place and that God witnessed it. And that God opened and closed the clouds of heaven to show His approval and His blessing upon it. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced the Lord was in the matter. We've experienced some happy, happy days. And I believe that we can be encouraged by God's Word that those happy days are not just in the past, but that we can experience them again. Brother Harvey, I want to encourage you. Brother Harvey is so faithful at Columbia Church to just keep on keeping on going to church. It's a little group. It's a sweet little group. It's Brother Harvey and his precious wife. It's Sister Tammy and her daughter. It's Brother Brian and Sister Beth. And that's pretty well it. And they continue going over and over and over again. And the dear folks at Mount Carmel support them with coming down and trying to encourage them. Remember one day we went and they prepared food for a lot of visitors one Sunday afternoon. And Brother Harvey fixed at least two big crock pots of soup and, that his wife had brought and Sister Tammy brought a couple of crock pots of soup and, and 
There were three of us, and I think we had four crock pots of soup there. You talk about going over and over again. We did, but we had a wonderful time. Remember one day, Brother Danny and I went down there on a second Sunday morning, and I said, maybe we're going to have some visitors today that will come, and let's go to, to Giant Grocery Store, and let's get some stuff at Giant. And, and, and so Brother Danny and I went to Giant, and I thought, what can we get that folks will eat that's already prepared and that, that, that will be really easy? And so we get a big tub of potato salad, a big tub of coleslaw, and we get a big platter of watermelon. And we get to the church building and start to put that in the refrigerator. And we look in there and there's a big tub of potato salad, a big tub of coleslaw, and a big platter of watermelon. And I told Brother Danny, I said, there is no telling how long that's been in there. Throw it away. Well, Brother Harvey had just gotten there before we did. And he had gone and picked up the very same items and put them in there. And thankfully, Brother Danny hadn't thrown it away. But it was exactly the same thing. But we had a lot of potato salad and coleslaw and watermelon that day. But Brother Harvey, keep on keeping on. I think I can encourage you that there's a better day coming. And God will bless your faithfulness. He will. There's two more chapters in Isaiah that we'll touch on that you can go and read yourself really, really, really good. Isaiah chapter 40 is great. It talks about a better day. He said the message is a comforting message. It's an encouraging message. It's a message that will help the Lord's people. He starts out and he says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and you tell her this message, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for her sins. He said there's a message to encourage the Lord's people. And then it comes down, and this also is there to encourage us. It begins to describe who the Lord is and the power that he has. And sometimes we get real discouraged because we look at the things around us. We look at our own self, our own shortcomings. We look at the inadequacies that we have and we get real discouraged. But when we can look to the Lord, it's always encouraging for us. And that's what Isaiah does right here in Isaiah chapter 40. He says, O Zion, thou that bringest good tidings, get thee up on the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up and be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. If we focus on the challenges in our life or the challenges around us, it's pretty discouraging. If we focus on things that we have no control over, we get really discouraged and disheartened. But if we just remember to look to the Lord, Isaiah said, behold, your God. And then he reminds us about God. He says, the Lord will come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for, for him. And behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather his lambs with his arms. He shall carry them in his bosom 
and gently lead those that are young. He says, who the Lord hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. And he's meted out heaven with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed in the mountains, the scales and the hills in a in a balance. He's basically saying God has all power. None of this is out of God's control. None of this is out of God's knowledge or his ability to help. And he says, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him. He says, with whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge or showed him the way of understanding. He begins to put it all in perspective. And, and that's oftentimes what our problem is, is not getting things in the proper perspective. He says, behold, the nations of the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as small dust in a balance. And he says, behold, he taketh up the aisles as a very little thing. The things that seem huge to us are but small to God. He says, uh, all nations before him are as nothing and they are as counted to him as less than nothing and vanity. To whom will ye liken God or what likeness will ye compare unto him? He comes on down and, and, and all of this is really, really good. He, he, he begins to say, you cannot compare God to anyone or anything. God has all power. He owns it all. He's in charge. He is completely sovereign. He says over and over again, he says, to whom will you liken me or whom shall I be equal to? Whom will I be your equal? He comes down. I want to touch on this. He says, hast thou not known, verse 28, this is so good. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he says, he fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He says, God doesn't faint. God doesn't get weary. God doesn't get tired. God doesn't get discouraged like we do. He says, and then he says, he, the Lord, giveth power to the faint. Sometimes that's us. Sometimes we feel like we want to faint along the way. We want to give up. We want to pitch in the towel. We can't see that things will ever be better. And we, we, we get to that point. He says, he giveth power to the faint. And to them that hath no might, he giveth strength. If you ever get to the point that you don't feel like that you have enough strength to put one foot in front of the other. And some of you, no doubt, have been there with the challenges and the burdens that you've experienced in life. You can't see a way out you can't see that it's ever going to get any better then realize that you're in good company because here's what he says he gives power to the faint and to them that hath no might he increaseth their strength even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young shall young men shall utterly fall but this is such a great verse if you want another verse to put on the refrigerator or sister tracy on that new stove you're getting this would be a great place for you to put it She's getting a Cadillac of stoves that her her sons uh, are getting her for Christmas and she may already have it. And uh, this would be a great verse for you to put above that that uh, incredible stove you're getting. But they that wait on the Lord. That's where we are. That's where we find ourselves. 
there's a better day coming. We don't know when it is, but we know that there's a better day coming. And while we're waiting for that better day, we're going to look to the Lord. He says, there's a better day coming. He says, they that wait on the Lord, those that are weary, those that get tired, those that get overcome with discouragement. You know, I, I think back about some of the dear old saints that we, I know, I share them with you. I don't want their memories to go away. I think back about Sister Dolan. I mean, that dear old sister, she, all three of her children, I mean, many of you have never lost a child. All three of her children died. One of them was struck by lightning. Two were struck by lightning. All three of her children died. She outlived her children. She outlived many of her grandchildren, some of her grandchildren. She was raising her, was it her great, 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 great grandchildren that she was raising in her 90s. And I tell you what, what's that? She, her arthritis was all over her hands. And that dear old soul was just as strong in the Lord as she could possibly be. And she wasn't filled with complaint. She was rejoicing in the Lord. Did you know that the Lord sent us some of those folks to help us? And I think they have. I think they have. This verse was for her and it's for you and I as well. But they that wait upon the Lord, the Lord's going to renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. And he says, and they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. The Lord is your strength in the midst of these challenging, difficult times. Now, you can go through and read Isaiah chapter 61. I'm not going to do it for time's sake. Really, really good chapter. Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61 is real, real good. And in line with what we've been talking about, I want to just touch on a couple of more verses. Pray the Lord will bless this to be an encouragement to you. A better day is coming. It is. In fact, I think that for the church and for the Lord's people, I really do think that it's just around the corner. Brother Asa said, and it just etched into my mind. He said, things may get a lot better or they may get a lot worse. Well, I want to hope and pray that they do get better. I do. And I know Asa does as well. But while we're looking for that better day of coming, we handle all this discouragement, this fear, this setbacks, this disappointment. God gives us something that helps us to get through it. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that it's faith. God's given you faith. You wouldn't even be here today if you didn't have faith. You wouldn't have any desire to hear about the Lord. You wouldn't have any desire to have your faith encouraged and strengthened. You'd be somewhere else. Other than worshiping the Lord if you didn't have faith. But it says that those folks in chapter 12, they lived by faith. And while they were living by faith, they had it hard. Some of them, you can read, even their lives were taken for living a faithful life. But here's what they did in the middle of all these challenges 
I really do think, I hope, I believe there's a better day coming for the church. I hope we see it. I hope it's in our lifetime. I hope we experience some of those seasons of revival and rejoicing again. I believe we will. But as these folks were looking for that better day, it says right here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. It's talking about Abraham and it says, For he looked for a city. that city is not on this earth. While he's living, while he's serving God with the faith that he has, he knew, I think we'll experience a better day here. I hope we do. But even if we don't, I know that there's a better day coming for all of us. I hope your situation gets better. I hope it does. When somebody's sick, I pray that God will bless the doctors and that they'll do better and get well, but sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. God doesn't always deliver us on our time frame, but He does always deliver. And He says they look for something. Are you looking for something? Are you content with the way things are right now? I seriously doubt there's many that are. Well, sometimes when we're not content, it causes us to look for something else. And he says, they looked for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Brother Al Perry used to call out, he said over there right in front of you, Brother Phil, And just about every week or so, he'd call out number 370. What a day that will be. I know there's a better day coming for the Lord's people. Because we've been told that there is. I believe there's a better day coming here. I don't know for sure and I can't guarantee you. But I can guarantee you by the scriptures, by God's word, that there's a better day coming. That we're all looking forward to. Abraham says he was looking for a city whose builder and maker, who hath the foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He says in verse 16, but now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. God is prepared. Philippians tells us that it's not a little bit better, but it says it's far better and in Revelation chapter 21 it in chapter 21 and chapter 22 describes a little bit more about that better day he says in verse 4 and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and I know that's better I know that's a wonderful time that's coming He's going to wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death. There shall be no more sorrow. There shall be no more crying. There shall be no more pain. For those former things are passed away. And then he goes down and he describes 
that city. And he gives some comparisons of things that we might be able to understand it. And it goes down in the latter part of chapter 21. And he says, uh, and I saw the and, and I saw the that the Lord God Almighty, the lamb thereof are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. There's never going to be any more dark days. There's never going to be any more cloudy skies. There's never going to be any more storms or hindrances that we experience here in this life. There's never going to be any more winter seasons because the winter is past and gone. The rain is over. When we get to heaven, it says that the glory of God is going to light the city thereof. And there's not going to be a night season. It's always going to be a time of rejoicing and happiness. Not any seasons of despair and discouragement. Because the Lord is the light thereof. I can assure you that there's a better day coming. God bless you.